Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, well, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying over all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics in question. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good. Are you still okay? You are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just said you are. I am good looking. Yeah, that was... A very unintentional compliment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't give those out freely. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. I, I was going to say you are good, but then you added looking, and now I'm confused. And, and now we're just stuck in this, this yeah, cycle, this of, cycle death. of death. <laughs> Hello, everyone. No. Uh, so last week, Jeff, um, we got into this whole idea of free will and God's sovereignty, that he gives us choice. Uh, but yet at the same time, he knows how things will play out. He's predestined things, people, life, creation, and somehow in the tension, those two things coexist because it's who God is, how he acts. Another listener, though, wrote in, and they asked the question, well, if God is all-knowing and he's sovereign, why would he create us knowing that so many would choose not to follow him and ultimately end up in hell? Hmm. Hopefully it's not breakfast time for you. Oh, is that a question I have to answer? Oh, it is. Yeah, that's what... uh, Mixed messages with Jeff Bogue. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, That's... It's actually a phenomenal question and a difficult question. Um, And I was trying to think about... when When you just asked me that, I was trying to think if I agree with the premise of the question, that God created us knowing so many would not choose him, but ultimately... Go to hell, and that's a really good. Pra- that's a really good practice in and of itself, Jeff. What's that? Pausing and figuring out if the question's even a question that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, it just just take note of that if you're listening, because not every question needs an answer. Sometimes the question needs reformatted. But continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, you should be. Sometimes you have to be a critical thinker about the question itself because it, it's a it's a based in a wrong format. But I think this is a good question. I think what they're asking is, um, why would a loving God create people who he knew would derail and abandon him? And um, I think what I would say is this. I don't think that's... uh, I'm trying to be careful how I say this because I don't want to be a heretic. (laughs) Um, I I don't think that's the... If you could see me right now, I'm air quoting. I don't think that's the intention of God. Mm. Um, So that's kind of like saying, why would you have kids and bring them into a crazy world? Sure. It's, It's a similar thing. And I'm like the knowing that they're going to experience pain, they're going to experience rejection, and knowing that, you know, they're going to... Especially as like Christian parents, you're going to raise them in a world that's very opposed to them. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you just not have kids? And I'm and as I'm saying that, I'm I'm thinking, well, that wasn't my motivation for having kids. My motivation for having kids wasn't to bring them into the world. Mm-hmm. My motivation for having kids was to love them and be loved by them. Yeah. So. Um, my motive wasn't like, you know what, we'll have six and a four workout, we'll kind of get through the, you know, we'll call that a win. <laughs> My motive was I want to love these kids and I want 
I want to be loved by them, and I want to love all of them, and I want all of them to succeed and have good relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I was pausing about the question a little bit, because I think the heart of God, uh, the heart of God is not if I put enough souls on the planet, I'll get some in heaven and I'll, I'll lose some to hell. I think the heart of God is I want to know you, I want to love you, and every good thing is a gift from above. So your life itself mm-hmm. is not a burden that you bear till you get to heaven. Life itself is a gift that you receive that you start enjoying the minute you receive it. Hmm. And and that perspective is really, really important, right? Heaven, eternity... Uh, is not something far off. Eternity is something that actually began when your life was conceived in your mother's womb. So yep. I'm teaching a college class right now, and uh, I asked my students, I said, when does eternity begin? And they were like, when you die. I'm like, nope. They're like, when you get saved. I'm like, nope. They're like, when you're born. And I was like, what do you mean by born? Mm. They're like, when you're conceived. I'm like, right. A human being is a eternal being. The minute that we become a human being, which I believe is at the moment of conception, mm-hmm. right? That we move from biology to eternity. The minute that life is brought uh, into us, that that the soul enters and the design is cast, and we're knit together in our in our mother's womb. And so, why would God allow His his personage to be reflected into a person that he created to go to hell. Mm. Mm-hmm. That that seems like bad logic to me. Um, he had life created, or he created life into a person that would reflect him because he wanted to bless and empower and uh, and uh, enjoy that human being. Now. Mm-hmm. He had to give them a free will in order to do that, and and this is this is this is deep thoughts with Jeff Bogue. So, <laughs> so uh, as Bob Ball is mowing the grass, he's going to have to pause and think Hello, about Bob. this. <laughs> um, the reason we're given a free will, the reason that w- we run the risk of going to hell is because we are given a free will. And the reason that we are given a free will is because God loves us and wants to be loved by us. Mm -hmm. And you cannot have love if you do not have choice. So a loving God gives his beloved creation the choice whether to love him in return or not. His love is never withdrawn. His love's never in doubt. His love is never dampered. His love does not grow over time. It's complete and magnificent and thorough the minute that he creates life in your mother's womb. In order for us to love God, we have to be able to choose to hate God. Uh Right? So people who don't have choice cannot love. If if you're taken into captivity, even if that captivity is full of luxury, you do not have love. So even if I said, uh, Heidi, uh, you're my captive, 
and I'm going to buy you the fanciest of house and give you the nicest of clothes and the fanciest of cars, but you will love me. She can't Mm -hmm. because she didn't get to participate in that. It doesn't even have to be horrible. It just has to be choice. Right. So God doesn't create us knowing that some are going to go to hell or not caring that some are going to go to hell. He creates us to know us and love us. We are responsible for the hell part. Mm-hmm. And that responsibility, I think, gets thrown at God unfairly. Yep. Um, we are responsible for the hell part. If my children... Who I brought into the world to love and be loved by, if they choose to rebel against me and I am a good father, so remember with God, we have a perfect father. Absolutely. Yep. So I'm a good father. That's on them. That's not on me. And I know all kinds of great parents who have rebellious kids because their kids have chosen to reject the love and to reject the opportunity and to reject the protections of their their parents, okay? When they do that and that 18-year-old kid says, I'm 18 and stomps out of the house, the trajectory of their life is their responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the parents. Mm -hmm. So somebody asked me one time, it's a question that gets asked a lot, like how can a loving God let let people or send people to hell? And like he doesn't, we send ourselves. Uh-huh. So Timothy Keller, one of my favorite authors, you should read everything ever written by Timothy Keller. <laughs> uh, he described it great once. He said, eternity is simply the, the eternal trajectory of our earthly life. Uh-huh. If you want to know and love and be with God and you, you pass from mortal life to immortal life, um, then you'll just do that forever. You'll be with him in heaven, and your heart's desire will be given to you. If you want to be free from God and don't care about God and trust yourself and do what you want uh, and you die, you just do that forever. God is you, – you who have pushed God out of your life, he will say, fine, I will remove myself from your life, and that's hell. But those are our responsibilities. They aren't God's responsibilities. So – when, when you think about that, the, the question is, like, why would he even give us that opportunity? And I'm like, well, you're, you're looking at that wrong, right? Um, if I pay my kids' way through college, did I saddle them with an education? Or did I give them an opportunity for an education? If I take my kids to Disney World, did I trap them in a... In a uh, an unrealistic environment for a week? Uh-huh. Or did I take them to have fun and have the most amazing experience? If God gives me life, did he throw me to the lion so I can deal with all the pains and the agonies of life? Or did he give me an opportunity for joy and, and happiness and peace? And then the conversation would turn to, well, what about the people who live a miserable life? And I would turn the conversation and I would say, right. Uh, and the people who have a life of abundance have the joy of rescuing those people so they can have the life that they were. That's why Paul wants equality. Mm-hmm. So so it, it, the you got to be careful with the assumed ideas and the assumed logic of what God's doing. Yeah, there's a, uh, a colleague of ours uh, that we work with, talk with, pray with every once in a while, James Talbert, uh, pastor here in Akron, and uh, he often says this quote, 
Um, I don't want people to go to hell, and I don't want people to live in hell. And so, like, if this thing bothers you, one of one of the things that God is instilling on our hearts then is to go do all that we can about it. Yep. Help them realize how good God is and how choosing him leads to life and to love and to joy, how um, using what God has given you, one of the reasons he's done that is to go engage and bless and help others. And so um, if these kind of things swirl around in our minds, that's probably God nudging you to engage others who are still lost. That that's, I very, very much agree with that. Like if this question torments you, do something about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And and uh, I love James. I have a lot of respect for him. But and I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing. If you ever want to get on my nerves, Joe. Well, Sold. actually, I'm in. Let me take notes. Hang on. Yeah, well, yeah, I was gonna say, like, you do this. You get on my nerves all the time. Like, it's amazing. It's like you have a gift. But if if you ever want to get on my nerves, um, go to Chipotle and get a fifteen dollar burrito and sit and talk about how the church should do more to uh, relieve hunger around the world. Uh It just drives me insane. Uh, Walk in with a $400 pair of Nikes on, and then then tell me that I'm spending too much on uh, uh, a band instrument Uh for the church. I mean... That we we are, I believe, and I'm trying to be loving and not be snarky because I did say it gets on my nerves. So, my snarkiness aside, we are very hypocritical uh-huh. about this, and um, especially as North Americans, we we would view ourselves as poor because we can't do what we want. That's not the definition of poverty. The definition of poverty is I have no access to hope. Mm-hmm. I can't eat. I can't drink. I don't have shelter. I don't have food. So me not doing what I want, that is only a first world problem. Right. Right? So God has blessed us beyond what we can ask or imagine. And if you're wrestling with a question like this, you probably have a, a clear understanding of the gospel. So I I would look at everyone and say, well, what's your uh, people are living in hell? What are you doing about it? Because uh-huh. you're not, and God rescued you from it, and you know the gospel, and that now it we're we're you're a part of the church. We are the physical representation of the heart and mind of Christ on the planet. We're the body of Christ. Uh-huh. So when we have the fifteen dollar burrito and say the church isn't doing so much too much or enough. We're only talking about ourselves, sure. like individually, yep. and and somehow that love and that generosity and that focus is the greatest tool to pull people from the very hell that we're upset or think that maybe God created them to live in. Mm-hmm. Now I know I that's not what this the person who submitted this question is saying or doing. But I, I'm just saying, like, that that's the way that we need to start to think. And, and I would look and I would say that this gets outside of the scope of what we're going to have a clean answer on. Mm-hmm. I'm having faith. I'm choosing to believe what I cannot and will never fully understand. And then I have some instruction, which is I don't want people to go to hell and I don't want people to live in hell. And then we act on it. Um, but, but as a... Um, I, I had a person one time uh, that I had known for a long time, come to the church for a long time, 
they were mad at me about something, and I, I uh, called them and talked to them, and they said, uh, you did this, 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 and this, and that's why I'm mad at you. And I said, why do you think I did this, 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 and this? And they said, well, I assume this, I assume this, I assume this. I said, okay. I said, how long have you known me? It was like 15 years or something. I said, in my 15 years of our friendship, me being your pastor, have I ever done this, 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 and this? No. Have you ever worried or suspected I was doing this, this, and this? No. Why would you come to that conclusion? Uh You, well, everybody else says, but you, I know there's rumors and I'm used to that and the way that my life works, but you know me Uh and you have never experienced that and you've watched me. Is there anything in our relationship that has ever remotely lended itself to that conclusion? No. Okay. Can we trust our relationship then and see the events of the world off the basis of our relationship instead of our relationship off the basis of the events of the world? Uh-huh. And I would, I would challenge everybody to go there with God. Like, has God... Did God did God create you to go to hell? Mm-hmm. Did God, is that your relationship? Is that your track record? Or is your relationship with God one of blessing and abundance and love and mercy and grace? Mm-hmm. And if that's your relationship with God, then let's view God through those lenses. Let's give God the benefit of the doubt, and then the parts where we don't understand what he's doing— Let's just admit that we don't, and I'm the first to do that, mm-hmm. and then let's trust him by faith and do what he says to do. Yeah, that's great. Now, Jeff, one last uh, nuance here for this question. Let's say this is an unbeliever asking this question. What do you think God's doing in that person's heart if they're asking a question like this? Drawing him to himself with his kindness. Yeah. So what do they do? What should they do about that? I would start talking to them about that <laughs> and be like, <laughs> you know, only people who are searching for God answer ask questions like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I don't believe in atheists. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe in atheists because I don't believe in unicorns. <laughs> and why don't you believe in unicorns? I don't even care why I don't believe in unicorns. I don't have an argument. I don't. I don't read about it. I don't investigate it. I think the concept is so dumb, I don't even ask questions. That's how you know I don't believe in unicorns. The things that I investigate, that I question, that I wrestle with, that I converse about are things that I might believe. Uh Or there's a seed within me. And and if you're asking those questions, it's because you're searching for an answer. Even if you've created a sophisticated defense or a hardened heart, Uh It's because you're afraid there may be a different answer out there. Yeah. Right. That's good. And there's such an opportunity. I think there are so many stories of people um, that have started at a place of cynicism and speculation and coming up with those sophisticated answers 
that as they investigate and pursue, is God real, have found that he is all of those things that we've discussed. Life-giving, he saves us, he is love, and he brings us into this relationship with him and changes our lives forever. And so run after that. As as awkward as that might seem at the moment, that is where life will be found. Well, uh, sorry, that was kind of a closing statement there, hey, well, Jeff. That's a good, good? one. Yeah, we're right, well. we're going to go with it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if, if, if you have any questions like this listener had, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Um, and you, if we can help you take any unique next steps, if you have questions like this, if you would like to kind of plow through some of your doubts and fears or whatever we can do, reach out. Let us know. We can get you connected with some of our leadership here, and we would love to help you take those steps. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church home, if you're looking to explore some of these things, you can always join us in person here at Grace in the Akron area or online if you're out of the area. Well, thank you very much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll catch you next time.